this new year as we're coming together. I, I want us to be joyful today because God is so good. <laughs> God is so good and He's good all the time. And, and as a believer today, I, I see the joy in knowing that no matter what this year brings, that Christ will be glorified. And that if we stay close to Him, that He's going to do good things. I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing in our hearts and in our lives so far. And surely, surely God will continue that work because we know he is a good and gracious God. If you would turn to the book of John, we're going to be in the book of John for about the next uh, 800 years. Um, it's going to take a while to get through this book, but we're going to go through the book of John. I'm, I'm hoping to try to, uh, to to close out John around Easter time, so we're going to be working up to the resurrection here over the next few weeks. And I want us to look at this, this theme of believe and live. If you're a believer today, you know that's you have eternal life because of a good and gracious God that you believe in. He chose you, he loved you, and now you have life. And I really think in this day and age that there needs to be a clear definition as to who Jesus is. The world's constructing all kinds of belief systems. And as the church, we need to make sure that we're believing the right things. And the Bible lays that out for us. It, it tells us who Jesus is. The, the, the Gospels tell us the life of Christ and who he is and what he did and what he will do. But even in the Old Testament, I know a lot of people will look at the Old Testament and say, well, this is kind of antiquated. It's history. It's poetry. It's not relevant to my life today. Church, what I want you to understand is that the entirety of Scripture points to Jesus as Savior. And when we get to the book of John, John, he's going to tell the life of Jesus, his experience with Christ. But he doesn't do it before he introduces us to Jesus. And I, I want us to be introduced to Christ today. If you know Jesus, hey, this is just a, a good time to remember who Christ is. If you do not know Christ, today is the day for you to be saved. Today is the day for you to accept that wonderful gift as he reaches out to you. John chapter 1, if you'll turn there with me, and we'll start with verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I kind of like that background music. That's all right. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, who he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Look at verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. What a wonderful word that that is. What a wonderful word that that is, that Christ came to us. Verse 18, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we love you for your word, and we are encouraged today to know. God, we are encouraged today to know that that we can know Jesus today. We're not a hopeless people. We, We have the ability to know him today. We have the ability to be changed. We have the ability to enjoy an abundant life. We have the ability today to, to enjoy an eternal life because of what Jesus has done. And Father, help us to, to be reacquainted. Lord, help us to, to fall in love with Christ. Lord, may we not be guilty of losing our first love. May we leave this place with power and authority because of who Jesus is. Lord, we're nothing. You are everything. Thank you for sending Christ to us today. May your word go forth and do what it was intended to do, Father. In your most holy name, amen. Amen. You're looking at this passage of scripture. It's, it's, a, it's a good definition as to who Jesus is, don't you think? And I want us to look at those maybe just a little bit deeper today. I want us to see uh, in, in retrospect after reading it, who is this Jesus that we speak of? Because I think a lot of times we think of Jesus, you think of, you know, like a long-haired Jesus with sandals, right? Or you think of a, a little six-pound, eight-ounce baby boy in a manger or whatever it is. We all have these pictures of who Jesus is. But what I think we need to know today is by definition, who is Jesus? What, what's the definition of Christ? If we're going to follow him, it's good to know who he is, don't you think? And I believe for most of the church today, we need to be reacquainted with Jesus. It's kind of become a, a stagnant thing to us. And guys, Christ is so good. He should never be stagnant in our lives. He's, he's constantly working. He's constantly alive. Too many of us in the church today, we have a Christian vocabulary, but we don't have a Christian experience. I want you to think about that just for a moment. We know what to say. We may even know kind of how to act. I bet some of y'all got a little more dressed up today than you normally do. It's cold, I know, but you, 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 you got a little more dressed up. You're, you're maybe behaving a little bit more. Your, your words are a little more pure on Sundays. We have that type of relationship. But guys, what I want you to understand, John is about to not just introduce us to Jesus, but he's also about to take us on a journey with Jesus to know what it was like to walk with Jesus. And church, don't act like it ended here in the book of John. Jesus is still alive today, amen? We can still walk with him today. Let us not just have a, a Christian experience, but guys, let's have a, a Christian vocabulary that's, that's because Christ is our experience. Don't, don't just think, well, I come to church, that's, that makes me a Christian. Here's what you need to know, is that when you leave this place today, Christ wants to use you. He wants to work through you. He wants to be glorified through you. And that is our call today. We have these, you know, these, these experiences in life. I've been to False Creek more times than I can count. A long time now, 20 some odd years. Been to Falls Creek. 
And a lot of people, that's, that's like the, the Baptist Mecca, right? We go there once a year to Falls Creek. And growing up, I, I grew up uh, going to church camp every year. That was our Mecca. We would go to Robber's Cave or wherever, you know? But that, that was who I was. But, but that's not the Christian experience I'm talking about. Showing up to church is not the Christian experience I'm talking about. I'm talking about knowing Jesus. We're invited to know him today. Too many of us, we, again, we just have this, this generic sense of who Jesus is. Our goal as we go through the book of John is, it's going to be not just to have a good definition, but guys, it's also to experience Jesus. We've got a full year ahead of us. Don't you, don't you agree? That the Lord's going to do great things this year. I'm already seeing him do great things. The way that he's growing us. And I look today, it's cold, and a lot of people stayed home today. That's okay. Don't judge them too much. It could have been you too, amen? <laughs> you, you, don't tell me that some of y'all weren't like, well, maybe we'll stay home today because it's cold. Well, the thing is, is that God brought you to this place today to be reacquainted with his son, Jesus. Because that's what we're going to talk about. The work of the gospel is, is not one of just knowing, but it's also one of experiencing. Most of us in here know how to lead someone to Jesus, but we don't. Most of us in here, we know how to, to advance the gospel. We know how to tell other people about Jesus, but we just don't do it. Church, I want to invite you this year to make a point that I'm going to lead people to Christ this year. I'm going to do everything in my power to lead people to Jesus because Jesus is the only hope for the world. There is no other hope. We can't find it in anything else. It only comes through knowing Jesus. And that should be our goal today. The first point I want us to look at this morning that we, we get in here in, in the book of John, the very first point, though, what he wants us to know is that Jesus is God. Everybody hear that today? Jesus is God. He goes into to verse 1, and I don't know about you guys, but when I read verse 1, I also think of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, right? I think John did that on purpose. I believe he was a creationist. <laughs> he believed God created the, the world in six literal days and rested on the seventh. I believe John believed that. Because here in the first verse, what does he say? In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning. He's talking to Jesus, of course. This is that beginning of an introduction, but he's, he's saying in the beginning. That's a big statement, isn't it? The older I get, I kind of feel like I've been in the beginning before, you know. I never thought I'd get to that point in life where I'm the old guy. But it's happening. Slowly, but surely. But Jesus was there in the beginning. I, I don't want us to have this thought that Jesus was just some prophet. Most of the world, 90% of the world probably, actually look at Jesus as being just a prophet. Even the church, even good Southern Baptists may even view Jesus in the same sense. He was just a teacher. He was just someone who came and, and did, a, did good things, and that was, that was the extent. But guys, I want you to understand, Jesus did much more than that. Jesus was the one who brought life to us. He's, he's the one that gives us hope for the future. Guys, Jesus is God. It's not just something we say. I want you to think about that for a moment. If Jesus is God, I, he, you know, he came, and we'll get, we'll get into some of his other definitions through the, the chapter here. But Jesus, if he is God, don't you think we can trust him? This person, Jesus, he was actually with the Father, sharing the Father's existence from the very beginning. 
I know the, the whole Trinity thing blows our mind when we think we try to think about it. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, three who's and one what. We, we think about that. It's, it's very confusing. But when we talk of Jesus, when you guys think about being a Christian, a follower of Jesus, when you live a life like that, understand that he's God. Understand he's God. If he's God, then anything's possible. Don't you, don't you agree? I spent 17 years in Porham, Oklahoma as a pastor there. Two years before that, I was at another church. And, I, and before that, I was on a mission field, you know. When, when I think about all that the Lord has done, I look at this church, and God is going to do some awesome stuff here. When I, I think about my, my brothers and sisters in Porham this morning, they, they got a young man coming in to preach. And the one thing I can say about Porham, and I don't want to brag about myself, but I got to be a part of it. God has sustained his church there. You know what? Porham didn't need Daniel. <laughs> and I'll tell you this morning, the Lord wants me, I believe, to be here. But he doesn't need me here though, right? God is powerful enough, but he chooses to, to place me here. He chooses to place you here. We're, we're able to be a part of something good here. And I believe the good people in McLeod, they need to hear the word of God. They need to hear about Jesus. We need to have a good definition as to who he is. And church, don't be like the rest of the world who look at Jesus in some kind of weak fashion. Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the savior. He's the redeemer and he's the healer of men. That's who we follow today. John refers to Jesus as the word. In the Greek, it's logos. Um, it's, it means, it's like a, it's a Hebrew term in, in a big sense too, if you're thinking about what that meant to the Hebrews, but when he said the word, right? It would have referred to a spoken word, of course. That's, that's not hard to understand. But Jesus, I want you to know today, is not just the word and just by title, but he's literally the spoken word, the, the word that's given to you and I today. And it's, it's a beautiful comparison. It's a beautiful thing. And this is only something God could do. But, but how was the world created? It wasn't created by hands, was it? It's created by the word of God. You want to know how intrinsically close that Jesus is to God? He was there in the beginning. He was there in the creation. In fact, John tells us that there wasn't anything created that wasn't created by who? Everybody say Jesus. That's a good answer. Pretty much in church, if you ever get asked a question, just say Jesus and the answer will be correct, okay? So who created the world? Jesus, and I know we get this picture. Well, it was God. He was creating Jesus. You know, he was creating the world. Jesus came later. No, Jesus was there. Genesis proves that to us because we know that in the creation account, when it gets to the creation of man, God says, let us create man in our image. Who's he talking about? It's the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when we think about our salvation today, don't look at it in a cheap way. Understand that it was God that did that for you. It was God who did that for you. He's the spoken word. Jesus is how God reveals himself to us. He's the revelation of all that God inherently is. We, we couldn't understand God. And we still have a problem understanding it, but, but Jesus makes it even more possible for us to get to God. We know that Jesus is the what? The way, the truth, and the life. Amen? That's who Jesus is. I heard years ago, uh, Billy Graham was out walking with his son, Franklin Graham. And as they're walking down a the road, they had saw a tragedy on the road. 
Well, a tragedy for young Franklin, I suppose. But he looked down and there was an anthill that had been built up in the road and somebody had ran over it and there's all these dead ants. Maimed ants. Scared ants. You guys know the picture, right? Everywhere ants. And, and he began to feel sorry for these ants. He's, and he told his dad, Billy, he's like, Dad, this is just not fair. Like, I feel bad for these ants. I feel bad for them. I, I wish I could help these ants. They, they've been ran over. They've, they've had their family killed. Their home is destroyed. I, I feel bad for these ants. Billy looked at his son and he said, son, listen to this. God looked down because we messed everything up. And he loved us so much that he didn't want to just leave us to our own demise, but he sent his son, Jesus. He sent Christ in human form. I don't, I don't understand it all. I don't understand the, the logistics of it all, the, the dynamics of it all, but I know Jesus came. And he didn't just come in this teacher-type fashion, but rather, guys, he is God. His work on the cross was not a, a man work. It was a God work. <laughs> it was a God movement. Christ reveals to you and I today who God truly is. That'd be pretty cool. We played a game this weekend and we had to ask questions and everybody answered it. And if you answered the question the same as somebody else and you get points, you know, if you take your time, then everybody moves at you. Yeah, it was a fun game. But we played this game and it was like, uh, you know, we, we had to have the same thoughts, the same answers, right? I think we are all searching for answers in this world today. You, you and I are all searching for answers. People out here in the world, they're searching for answers. Today, there's probably somebody who's waking up with a hangover, or maybe they're taking their first drink of the day right now. Maybe there's someone out here who's using right now, someone who's robbing so they can use later. There's people out here who are living in sin, but the reason is because they're searching for answers. And guys, our answers is in a God, the God. The one true God. And Jesus came so that we might have that bridge to God. Everything was separated from, by sin. We think somewhere along the way that, well, if I, if I don't cuss very much, you know, I watch, uh, I watch minimum TV and I listen to K-Love and I, and I, I go to church on Sunday and, and Winter Jam's coming up. I better go to Winter Jam because that's, that's another Christian Mecca, right? If I do these things, then everything's going to be okay. My, my, one of our cousins, she drove all the way to Davis, Oklahoma, down by Davis, and brought what we know in the Baptist life as Baptist manna. If you've ever been to Falls Creek, they're fried pies. I call them Baptist manna. That's what I call them because it's, it's from God. Well, most of them are. The, the apricot's from God. I, I don't know about the other ones. But the thing is, is that we think that those things make us Christian, right? We put our faith in those things. You may feel comfortable and safe in this church, but your relationship to God should be deeper than this church, than this pew, than these traditions that we hold true every year. You need to have a personal relationship with Christ. And we can, and, and not just in a generic sense, you guys are getting to know me, I'm getting to know you. No, he wants to know you, but guys, understand, he is God. Everybody get that? In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, Jesus was there. In the beginning, the Holy Spirit was doing his thing. The second point I want us to look at this morning is Jesus is the life. Everyone say the life. Now, when I usually say the life, I'm 
sitting on a beach somewhere, and I'm like, this is the life, right? Jesus is the life. He, he is everything. He's, he's all there is. John, as he's talking about this, I can't help but flip back. You know, when you look in the book of Genesis chapter 1, again, verses 6 and all the way down to verse 27 in that chapter, it's all about life being created, right? God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and he creates like a place for life to exist, right? Then he, he created the waters to be taken under into one place into another, and that land forms. But then he begins to create plants. Create plants. The planets hadn't been created yet, which is amazing to me. That God created plants, and yet the sun wasn't in existence yet. But he creates plants, and then, and then he begins to do all of that, and then he creates lights in the heavens, the sun, the next day. He creates uh, uh, the, the beauty of the universe, the cosmos, if you will. He begins creating the, the fish in the sea, the beasts in the field, the birds of the air. And then we come to the point where he creates man. That's, that's the Jesus I'm speaking of today. He is the life. If God can create life, if Jesus can be a creator of life, don't you think he can take care of our little pity problems that we have here in this world? Don't you think he can grow our church? Don't you think uh, he can empower us to do great things? John is saying that life itself inheres in Jesus. It's not that, it's not that creation is something that has power. It's the creator. It's who he is, right? And he's the one that's made us alive. He's the one that has made life. And if you'll notice, even in John, and the focus stays on the creator, doesn't it? He, it says here, hey, you know, in him was life. And he talks about how all things were made through him. And without him, there was not anything made that wasn't made. Okay, so you look at all these, ver- these words here. It never focuses on the creation, but rather it focuses on who? On Jesus. Man, the church has gotten a long ways off. People think if I come to church, it's, well, does this church fit me? <laughs> does this song, does this song speak to me? Does this sermon, this preacher's style, does it speak to me? Church, what I want you to understand is God is bigger than any church that exists. It's, it's him that works through the church. I've grown up listening to some great men of God in my life. And I can look up to these men and I can think, wow, you know, Brother Doyle was this man. He's like one of my, in my mind, it's like, you know, he's up here. Brother Doyle, Brother Sid, Brother Daryl. You know, I look at all these guys who were, I looked up to over the years. These pastors who were just great men of God, still are great men of God. It's bigger than that. Jesus is bigger. Than, the, the, the one who created life also wants to have a relationship with us today. Genesis 1 points to a creator who created all things. Life is from and through him. And I think when we think about life, Jesus isn't just one type of life, understand. We know from creation, and we'll know by the rest of this book. If you guys uh, don't agree with me, we're going to prove it as we go along here. But but there are three senses in which life inheres in Jesus. The first is physical life. We know he created everything, right? He created everything. He created the, the concept of like conception and reproduction. That's, that's something God, that's something Jesus was a part of that he made so this world could continue. But he also 
he also created abundant life. He doesn't want us just to be weak-minded individuals, but he wants us to enjoy time that we have, so to live together and to enjoy all, this, all that we've been blessed with, to have an abundant life. But this church, I don't want us just to be all about business. I want us to enjoy it too, don't you? Man, I want us to, I want us to be uh, rejoicing in new souls coming to Jesus this year. New ministries that open up. New people accepting the call to take the gospel around the world. That's, that's an abundant life. Jesus wants to do that for you and I right now. And of course, the third one is eternal life. We have this idea of eternal life. I'm going to say that one more time because I think you ought to get more excited about eternal life, right? Jesus is eternal life. Amen? Just think about that for a moment. That through him we have eternal life. There is a beauty in that. And Jesus is the life. If, if you need to, to know Jesus more today, understand that about him. He's God. He's the life. The third point I want us to look at today is Jesus is the light. He's the light. I, I stand up here every Sunday and I'm blinded. <laughs> Jesus is the light. In Genesis, we read again, I want to go back to that. In Genesis, we read where he creates plants, right? Now, who's present during these plants being created? Jesus. And Jesus is the what? The light. I see a beauty in that. Because again, you don't see the creation of the sun or anything until the next day. He created all these things. He's the light. If you want to know how much the world is reliant upon our God, Look at the story of creation. I believe he sustains life. He allows you and I to, to know life today because he is that true light. God said, let there be light. And guess what? There was. Light here, of course, is used, I guess, symbolically. You could look at it as a, as a symbolic picture of truth and knowledge as opposed to the darkness that we see in the world. You guys ever hear all this, this stuff that's going on in the world today? There's a lot of darkness, a lot of dark news that we get, right? Uh, people are redefining everything. It's dark. As a Christian, I look at it, I'm like, that's not, that's not God's will. Austin and I were speaking about, you know, ministry uh, styles or, you know, wait, well, how do we approach this in ministry? Just this morning, because the world's going to bring, even in the church, there's going to be dark thoughts. There's going to be dark ideologies, dark beliefs that are brought in here. And so how do we, as the church of God, oppose that? How do we correct that within the church and in this world? We show them Jesus because Jesus is the light. He's the light. The world's doing nothing but creating darkness. That's it. From the very beginning, God created man good. But we chose dark. But then he sends his son, Jesus, to give us light. And symbolically, we see that, you know, through the word, not even symbolically, like for real. Through the word, God reveals himself. And the word communicates truth to men. We need this word today, church. I think more now than ever. With all the cultural changes in our society. Even the ways that churches worship nowadays. The ways that they proclaim the, the Bible. People are changing it, you know? They're, they're reading some parts and leaving out others. Somebody asked me one time, Daniel, why do you preach through entire books of the Bible? That way, I don't, it holds me accountable because I'm not going to miss anything. I have, to, I have to address everything. You know, when you get to the book of Romans or Hebrews, there's some areas I'd rather not preach on, right? 
But when you, when you look at the entirety of the word of God, we need to be all in. And who's the word? Well, <laughs> Jesus is the word, right? He's the word. He's the life. He's God. He's the light. He's the one that, that brings us understanding and brings us into a, a position in which we can know him. Christ is the light. He's the truth for mankind. I, I get so irritated when people talk about their truth or your truth. Well, they're just expressing their truth. There's only one truth. Everything else is a lie. It's false. It's dark. It's hopeless. There's one truth, and his name is Jesus. John is inviting us to know the one truth, the one life, the one light, the one God. Going back to Genesis chapter 2. Would you just flip over there with me a little bit this morning? Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. I wasn't going to do this. It's not on the PowerPoint. Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 21. The Lord had created Adam. Adam had named animals. Adam had, uh, you know, was living the life, the bachelor life. Everybody thinks the bachelor life's so good. If the bachelor's life's so good, why do we get married, you know? <laughs> I enjoyed being a bachelor. I enjoyed more when I married her, though. I needed that, right? I needed that help me. Adam was no different. He was living the bachelor life, you know? He was partying all night with the monkeys and the giraffes and, and, the, and whatever. The jellyfish. I don't know what I don't know what it looked like for him, but he's naming all these animals, and you know he's trying to find a help, you know, a, a good friend. I, I, I'm sure he had a dog that was really good. He probably peed in the house all the time, and so he's like, "This, this is not, you know, my my idea of a perfect friend is not someone who pees in my house." And so, <laughs> so God said, "Let me do something for you." Look at verse 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs. He closed up the place with the flesh and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. I think about flesh. Jesus became flesh. The last point I want us to look at this morning, Jesus became flesh. Did he have to? We know the very nature of God, right? Later on, we learned that God is spirit, and those who want to worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and truth. But in order to get to that, Jesus had to come in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us, shed his blood so that we might be saved. He became that 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 thing that we are, that, that idea of flesh. And God had it all worked out. You know, he, man, he creates, you know, he creates man out of the dust and creates flesh out of the dust. In our world today, if we want to get rid of flesh, we bury it in the dust, right? So it becomes dust. That's, that's the whole idea of burial. But when it, when it comes to to God, he, he takes dust and creates man out of it and breathes life into it. And then he, then he takes that flesh he created and created more flesh. And it was perfect. It was perfect. You guys know what happens in chapter 3, right? The fall. Everything was good. Adam and Eve are running around the garden just having the time of their life. And sin 
knocks at the door and they answer it. And it corrupted the flesh. And the only cure for the corrupted flesh was perfect flesh. And guess who that was? Jesus. Jesus came and he was that, that perfect flesh. He was, the, he was what we needed. That shed blood is what we needed at the cross of Calvary. Jesus arrived in the flesh to conquer the effect of mankind's living in the flesh. He, he corrected all of that. When you think about Jesus, don't think of it cheaply. Well, I know Jesus, so now I can go to church and not be ashamed. He changed you. You're, you're, a, you're a son or a daughter of the Most High King. Don't you understand? That's who Jesus is. He, he makes that possible for us today. So there should be a joy and a, an urgency in our lives to bring glory to God. We see the effects of the sin on the world. You don't have to go very far to see the effects of sin, do you? You know, I, I know I could probably talk about, you know, gambling or something. There, you got, have you noticed all the casinos around here? I don't know, some people are like, well, it's just a game, or it's this, that, or the other. What I, what I look at, you know, we have all this entertainment in our society. And all that entertainment is meant to bring us joy. But where does true joy come from? It comes from knowing Jesus. If you've ever led someone to, to the Lord, that's way better than hitting the big jackpot somewhere. That's way better than your team winning in you know, the sport that you love. I'm glad the Cowboys won yesterday. I was close. I was beginning to wonder. I was like, okay, what are we doing here? And I had joy in the moment that the Cowboys won. Most of us did, right? Unless you were a Notre Dame fan. And I'm sure Notre Dame was praying for a win, you know? But in that win, I had joy. But you know what? That joy's kind of gone now. I hate to say it. In that win, that, that joy's kind of gone. I'm, I'm no doubt, probably most of you got a, like got you maybe a nice present, but that joy kind of wanes as time goes on. You, you know, those socks wear out that you got, that tie wears out, the, that, uh, that, that cologne or whatever it is that you got, it runs out. But church, what I want you to understand is that Jesus, he never runs out. It's eternal. It's eternal. And Jesus arrived in the flesh in order that the gift of God would be eternal life. He did that for you and I today. John, in his wisdom given from the Lord above, he writes this introduction as to who Jesus is. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a rabbi. But Jesus, in fact, is God. Jesus, in fact, is the light. Jesus, in fact, is the life. Jesus came not as some spiritual entity only, but he came as flesh so that you and I might be saved. Because we know that without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption of sin. I'm so thankful today and so happy that the Lord gave his life for me. I hate that it had to come to that, but he, he did it for you and I today. That's the Jesus we're speaking about over the next few weeks as we're looking at the life of Jesus. I want you not to just look at it as a story, as history or something like that, but I want you to see it as God in flesh, the life, the light, walking around, making a difference and bringing salvation and redemption to mankind. That's who our Jesus is. The plan of God in eternity past was redemption. You know, when God created us, he already knew it was all going to go bad. He already knew. But he chose to love us. He chose to make a plan for you and I today. In eternity past, he knew, well, this is what we're going to do. Why did he do it? I'll be honest with you. I don't know. 
But I'm thankful today that God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus. In all of this, all of this that we've talked about this morning, we find a creator God who is inviting us to believe and to live. We can look at our own lives today. And no doubt we've probably had a little bit of retrospect over the last few days, new year and all that. What are we going to do? We're going to be better this year, right? I'm going to try this. I'm going to do a Bible reading plan. I'm going to work out every single day. I'm going to eat only foods that contain no carbs. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, there's all this stuff. You know, we, we have these plans that we come up with, right? The most important plan we can have right now is like, I want to get to know Jesus more. Or if you don't know Christ, to know him for the first time. And I'll tell you something. If he's calling you right now, it's time to come. It's time to say, Lord, thank you for opening my eyes to my sin. Redeem me. The plan of God is it's redemption for us. And if we miss that, like if we're just playing church, if we're just playing games, I've been in church my whole life, you know? I've been in church my whole life. I, I can remember my dad, he'd be up there preaching. And I'd like to say that I always listened to my dad preach. But when I was a kid, there was times I didn't, you know? My dad's first church was over off 25th Street in Oklahoma City. That He uh, went over there. He was mentored by a, a good man of God. And, and I'd like to say that I listened to all those sermons that Brother Sid preached and that my dad preached in that church. But half the time, I was just sitting there. Now, granted, I was a weird kid, okay? But I'm sitting in the pew, and I'm doing, like, camera one, camera two. You know, I'm, like, back there producing, like, you know, Jimmy Swaggart or whatever. I don't know. Whatever I saw on TV at the time, you know? I'm, like, producing these, these quality church programs, that was Daniel at like age nine, eight, ten. I didn't always listen to the word of God. Probably all up in my years, I was more concerned about what we were going to eat for lunch or what so-and-so thought or how the Dallas Cowboys are going to do later that afternoon. I, those were the thoughts that consumed me. Can anybody here relate to that? We go to church and we begin thinking of other things. And God's like, no, why don't you stop and just know more about me. Because honestly, what's more important? The Dallas Cowboys? I mean, they're up there a little bit, right? But they're, no, they're not more important than God. The most important thing we can know right now is that Jesus invites us to know him more. And John, in this writing, I mean, we, under, we, we ask the question. I think we have to ask the question. Like, what's the point in the book of John? We, we call it one of the Gospels, right? The importance of the book of John is that it, it introduces us to who Jesus is. Whenever someone comes to know the Lord and they say, where do I start reading the Bible? I always point them to the book of John because here we have an introduction to Christ and what he did for us and what his plan is for us. And in all of this, guys, we find a God, who, and he, he is. He's, he's inviting us today to believe. Do you believe? Because if we do believe, guess what? what's going to happen? We're going to live. Don't think that life comes in a beach or comes in a perfect job, or perfect relationship, or whatever. Life comes by knowing Jesus, by believing on him who God sent. That's where life comes. I'm excited to go through this study with you guys over the next several weeks, but I, but I want us to not just be a, a people who just say, well, you know, we, we see the points. He's this, he's this, he's this. No, know him today. Know the light. Know the truth. Know, know the, the, the life. Know the God that loves you so much that he came in the flesh. That's, that's, the, that's the call today, church, is that we know him, that we follow him all the days of our life. 
He doesn't want us to, to walk out around out here with our eyes closed and blind and not knowing what's coming up next. He wants to love you and show you where he plans for you to be. You know, I think um, a good example in closing this morning is, you know, I didn't plan to come to McLeod. You guys didn't plan to call me. But somehow it happened. Can someone explain that? I don't know how it happened. But I believe God began working in people's lives. And when you just follow God, he, he kind of takes you where you need to go, right? I never, I'll be honest, don't get offended, but I never was like, man, I'd like to live in McLeod, Oklahoma. I never said that, you know? I love McLeod. I used to drive by it, you know, back and forth. I seen the, the McLeod exit several times. There was years ago, I, I, some of y'all don't know this, but years and years ago after Joni and I first got married, I used to have this awesome job where I delivered popping candy. And you know where I delivered to? McLeod High School. Now, how weird is that? 20 some odd years ago, I never thought, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a pastor in this town one day. During that time, I was like, man, I hate this job. This is a terrible job, except for the free chips. This is a terrible job. Only God could put this stuff together. Only God could orchestrate this. And, and what that reminds me is that I need to get closer to Jesus so I know, where's he, where's he going to take us in the next 20 years, right? What's he going to do in this church in the next bit, the next 20 years, the next 30 years, the next till he comes back? We better, we better get to know Jesus. It's good to get to know the people around you and have fellowship, but it's better to get to know Christ. We need to be doing that. Today, John gives us a definition as to who Jesus is. Now, does Jesus meet all these qualifications and all these, these definitions? You bet he does. Jesus meets every one of these. So today, our call is to believe and to live. Would you stand? We're going to sing a line this morning. And I want to invite you that these altars are open. If you need to come and to pray, I want you to come to these altars. I want you to feel welcome to that this morning. God is calling you to a deeper, a deeper knowledge of him, a deeper love. And come, come this morning and do that. Maybe you've never known Jesus. I want you to understand today, if he's calling you right now, if he's, if he's illuminating your eyes to see the sin that's in your life and you need to come and, and, and give your life to him, accept that free gift of salvation today, don't, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate.